talking about. Thank you. Hope. We have been in a series for, this is our, what, our third week? On called Hope is Here. In a world that we live in, sometimes it's hard to find hope. Uh, it, and and it, it's hard to understand what hope is sometimes. And, and over the last couple of weeks, what we've seen is Jesus is our hope. And that we have hope when we're weary, broken down. When we just don't feel like we can go on anymore, we can have hope. Last week we talked about we can have hope when we're broken. But a lot of times before we can have, we can, for the, before the broken can find hope, the church has to fix itself. How many of you know we're part of the hope? The church now, I, people can say what they want. The day of the church is going away and blah, blah, blah. I don't believe that. Because what I'm seeing, Steve, is what I'm seeing is even people who decide to have home groups, all of a sudden their home group starts to flourish and they, that's part of the church. But I'm telling you, there's something in the days ahead, and I don't know what days ahead, I'm not going to put a date on it, but I'm telling you there's a time's coming when the local church will be a hope in the community again. Because where Jesus is, there is hope. Let's look at this definition real quick of hope. Hope is a favor. Now, because a lot of times we say, well, I hope so. Most of the time, our idea of hope is not what the real definition of hope is. He says, in, he says here, he said, hope is a favorable and confident expectation of receiving a desired good. That don't sound like the way we use hope at all, does it? Hope is a favorable and confident. See, when you have hope and you can have hope, it is a confident expectation that you're going to receive the good that you're believing for. When you're really having a true hope, you know that there is something that is good that is coming to you. Look at the rest of the definition here. He says that it has to do with what is unseen and in the future. Oh, I hope. Maybe, maybe not. That's why we use hope. No. Hope says, I don't see. What, it's not going to come on your screen. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. Hope has to do with what is unseen and in the future. Hope describes, <laughs> Webster says it this way, hope describes the happy anticipation of good. He goes on to say, hope therefore always gives pleasure or joy. See, I know that that's not the way most people use hope because they don't have pleasure and joy when they say, I hope so. <laughs> it's going to be fine. I hope so. No, that ain't hope. When you know hope and you have hope and you understand that Jesus is your hope, it brings pleasure, it brings joy, it brings an expectation of receiving that good thing. He says, whereas wish or desire may produce or be accompanied with pain and anxiety. I wish, I hope. See, what we've done, 
in our culture as we have replaced hope with wish. Sorry, I got to mute this thing. It'll start talking to us. We've replaced hope with wish because when we say, I hope so, it's usually with anxiety behind it. It's usually with some kind of pain. So today, I want to look at something that you, that, that is hope for God. You mean God has hope? Of course God has hope. Today, we're going to look at Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope of glory. It's the hope of all heaven. It's the hope of all creation. It is the hope of everything. Knowing that God put Christ in you, that he resides in you, is the hope of all glory. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians, and I'm bringing now the Passion Translation for this. <clears throat> so you can turn your Bible or turn your phone or iPad or whatever. He said, there is a divine mystery... A secret surprise, oh, I love how the Passion puts this. A secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations. Now it's being revealed. So what's that tell you? There's, it's not a mystery anymore. He said, now it's being revealed, unfolded, manifested. Oh. For every holy believer to experience. 27. Living within you. If you're reading King James Version, it says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. I love the Passion Translation of it here. He says, living in you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. See, when we're fully aware of Christ in us, at all times, we should be flooded with expectation of God's glory in everything we do. We look for God's glory. Our problem is we've been raised up in a world that teaches you to look for the bad. That tells us, well, if anything's bad going to happen, it's going to happen to me and my family. <laughs> he said, living in you is the Christ who floods you with expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope. Oh, we have a heavenly treasure chest of hope. Now what is hope? You have a treasure chest in you right now that just says it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If I was T.D. Jakes, I'd be saying get ready, get ready, get ready. Living inside you, embedded inside you, is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. And the mystery of Christ embedded in us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of his glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. You want to know how to evangelize? Evangelize them with that. There is hope in you. That Christ living in you is the hope of glory, but all you have to do is receive him. All you have to do is accept him. All you have to do is bring him in close. See, the mystery of, of Christ in you is crucial to understanding the difference between religion and relationship. See, religion doesn't offer you a lot of hope. Religion will tell you, come up here, cut your hair right, grow your hair right. 
Where this, where that. Where this, where that. Do this, do that, do this, do this. And, and as long as you check all the right boxes, then you can expect God's glory. But understanding that Christ is in you, it is the hope of this glory. It fills us with the hope, the expectation of something good. And I know from the moment I said yes to Jesus, there is nothing but good that God has planned for me. I've covered three states this week. I was in Kentucky on Tuesday to do a funeral for a young lady who at 17 weeks pregnant had to give birth because of a being stillborn. And as soon as she asked me to come, of course, I'm there. Holy Spirit began to tell me what to minister. I told Dee, I said, I am going to make everybody on that hillside mad. And when I say hillside, let me tell you, I was in deep in Kentucky. It was deep. On top of a mountain, not a hill. Because I knew half of the people I was ministering to that day were atheists and had no hope. The other half was from a particular denomination that if whatever goes on in your life, it was just God's will. And so they say, well, no. So I stood on the side of that mountain and the only time the girl looked up at me, Sally, she raised her eyes and looked at me one time. And while I'm, I'm, I'll get to that in a minute. While I started out, I told them the first thing right off the bat, Emily, I said, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I told them, there are questions here today that I can't answer for you. The question why. And when I said that, the funeral home director standing behind me did the cruelest thing that anyone could ever do. I tell you what, it was so bad, Dave, my old man just, it rose up. And I had to stand there. I was shaking, Thelma, because I was like, turn around, put you right in my throat. You can tell that's my favorite thing, right? I said, I can't answer you today why this happened. He said, I can, it was God's will. Really? And the only time she looked up at me, Sally, her eyes raised up. This was City's college roommate. This was her, one of her best friends, a girl that I love. I had looked at her. I said, listen, this was not God's plan. Well, wait a minute. You can't say that. Yes, I can. The Bible says that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But God has come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He didn't put life in her to take life out of her before they got to enjoy that baby. And I told her, I said, and anybody who says they know it's what, why, they don't know. And so I began to give her scriptures. God is the God of hope. God is the God of life. God gives life. The enemy steals. This is the enemy. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in heaven. And so that tells me if it's not good, it's not perfect. It's not God. 
And you say, but I've lost something and I've done it. I'm telling you, that wasn't God's plan. Oh, it's time we realize there's an enemy. I get off the hill. I give them hope. I come off the hill questioning everything in myself, Steve. I asked D, I asked Sydney, I asked Grace, was that okay? Because I tell you, I've never been in a more hostile environment than that right there. And this woman grabs me by the arm and says, can I talk to you? I said, yeah. She said, I, you, 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 I don't know if you were listening to mine and God's conversation up here or what. She said, but I was standing up there arguing with God, blaming God for all of this. She said, I know that this ain't God now. I've got hope that God's not a bad person. Amen. There's hope, folks. There's hope, and his name is Jesus. The little girl, I say little girl, she's my daughter's age. She put on, 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 her, on Facebook how the, it ministered to her, who, who was, along with the rest of her family, completely atheist agnostic until she met her and found out that God's not a bad person at all. When we begin to show people hope. Oh. And the thing about it is, is you can be full of hope today when you realize that Christ in you is the complete hope of glory. Your whole life can be filled with hope. Just like now, they... Do you know where she was this weekend? In Tennessee, celebrating an anniversary. You know why? Because there's hope now. There's hope. Folks, I'm telling you, there's something about this kind of hope. When you take it, it will cause you to get through the worst times of your life and say, I can do it. I can make it. Oh, glory. This mystery, it's not revealed. Any, it, it's not being held back anymore. It's not, folks, please hear me. It's not Christ with you. It's Christ in you. And what you and I are going to have to understand is quit trying to live from a place of knowing, well, Jesus is with me. No, you got to understand, Christ in you is your hope. And it's the glory. And we understand this mystery because we have been radically transformed. It sets us free. It releases us into divine intimacy with God. It's the difference between religion and relationship. Go, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I hope I can get through all this today. He's all right. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8, I'm reading from the voice. He says, this wisdom has not been grasped by the ruling powers of this age, for if they would have understood, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. See, in other words, those who were around when Christ was crucified, if, he, if they knew what hope was coming to humanity, they would have never crucified Christ. He said, if they would have known what was coming, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But the scripture says, see, we like to use this to think, oh, this is about heaven. Scripture says, no, I have seen No ear has ever heard, and it has never occurred to the human heart all the things that God has prepared for them that love him. And we think that's a future time. That's not future. He's talking about right now. 
Why? Because up until the time of Christ, it was all hidden. But it's not hidden anymore. Well, how do you know it's not hidden? Because he said, Christ in you is the hope of glory. So there's nothing here. Well, it's never entered into the, no. God has great things prepared for you. Only thing is, we don't look at them. Verse 10. God has shown us these things. See, we use that verse to think about, oh, it's, it's heaven. It's, it's, it's the future. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. But they don't read verse 10 where it says, God has shown us these things. You have it. It's in you. It's the hope of glory. It's Christ residing, residing and habitating in you. It's the hope of glory. He showed us these things. Profound and startling realities. Through his spirit, the spirit searches all things, even the deep mysteries of God. If the enemy would have known, uh, if the enemy would have known what Jesus was getting ready to do, he would have never killed Christ. Why? Because not only does Christ in you the hope of glory. Well, I've got Jesus in my heart. You know, you're a whole lot bigger than that. See, they would have never killed Christ if they'd have known he was going to release the Holy Spirit into you. Mm -hmm. Holy, not only does Christ live in you, but Holy Spirit lives in you. Oh, let's go. Let's look at it. Romans chapter 6, verse 19. Romans chapter 6, verse 19. What? Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Read that. Somebody, no, somebody read that like you know it. Who is in you? So where's the Holy Spirit? If Christ in me is the hope of glory and now Holy Spirit lives in me, oh my goodness, what can I do? Why shouldn't I have hope, Victor? Why shouldn't I have hope? I've got Christ in me and now I see that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, who lives in me. In whom you have received from God... And that you are not your own. You don't even belong to yourself anymore. Why? Who owns their house in here? Right? So you own your house, right? So, she said, not really. I ain't talking about that old bank. So if you own your house, who has possession of it? It's your house. You don't go and go, you don't go home and go, I'm gonna go over here to the bank's house. It's your house. Guess what God did? He doesn't look at you and think, I'm just gonna hang out with Ernie a little while. I'm gonna go over to Ernie's house. He said, No, Ernie, you're mine. You don't even belong to yourself anymore. I have completely taken over you and Christ moved in and Holy Spirit came with him. And I'll tell you something else. We're going to look at it in just a minute. In John chapter 14, that Holy Spirit ain't going nowhere. He says, he will abide with you forever. Oh. Now, wait a minute. 
I'm just telling you what scripture says. So Christ in me is the hope of glory. Now Holy Spirit, man, if the enemy would have ever known that crucifying Christ would have filled me with two-thirds of the Trinity of God, he would have never let that happen. That's why it was withheld. That's why it was held back. That's why it was a mystery until Christ. But after Christ, it is Christ in us, the hope of glory. It is the Holy Spirit in us is a hope of glory. And it's the Father living in you. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Christ in me, Holy Spirit in me, Father in me. John chapter 14. You realize you are the habitation of divinity? And you don't belong to yourself anymore. You belong to this triune God. Satan would have never, ever crucified Christ had he known he was going to release God in his fullness in the planet. And, <laughs> and everyone who says yes to Jesus walks out this reality. John chapter 14, verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor. Talk about the Holy Spirit. That he may abide with you. You want the King James Version. And I'll pray to the Father and he'll give you another comforter. Which simply means counselor. And that he will abide with you forever. Well, I'll just... Re Remember what Jeremiah said? fine, God, I'll not speak your word anymore. I'll not preach anymore. And he said he couldn't outrun God's fire. He said, but your word was like a fire shut up in my bones. Whew. Verse 17. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it doesn't know, it doesn't see him. Neither does it know him. But you know him. Everybody say, I know him. You know the Holy Spirit. Well, now, wait a minute. I don't know. You can't help but know him. He lives in your house. You know him. But how come I don't feel him like everybody? Quit trying to judge what Holy Spirit is doing in your life based on the goosebumps you got during the last worship song. Everybody wants to feel something. Everybody, you got to know. That's why it's called faith. I love it when I feel a good goosebump. I love it to get drunk in the Holy Ghost. Come on. I love to laugh and, and just go on. But that doesn't change the fact of that I know he's in me and in him in me is the hope of glory. And I have already seen now that not only do I have Christ in me, but I've got the spirit in me. Oh, the spirit of truth. He says, but you know him. Why do I know him? For he lives in you he, he lives with you and will be in you. Oh, verse 18. Jesus says, and I won't leave you fatherless. I will come to you. And yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because what? Now, Jesus, I live in you. I live in you. You will live also. Because I live, you will live also. 
Now, verse 20. Here's where we're going to look at it. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Holy Spirit in you is the hope of glory. How do you know the Father lives in me too? Verse 20. And on that day, you will know that I am in my Father. You will know that I am. So where is Jesus? In the Father. And you are in me. So where are we? In Christ. Who is where? In the Father. So where does that put me? Not only in Christ, but it puts me in the Father. Because if I'm in Christ, I'm in the Father. And if the Father's in the... See, we are so tangled up with the divine presence of God... That if the enemy would have known how much of God you were going to hold, he would have never let Christ go to the cross. He said, and on that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you're in me. Uh, 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 yeah, you are in me, but then what's it say? And I'm in you. Wait a minute. Jesus is in the Father. And I'm in Jesus, so that puts me in the Father. But also, Jesus is in me. Well, if Jesus is in me and Jesus is in the Father, then that puts the Father in me. How much more hope do you need? How much more hope? How much more hope can we stand? The divine presence of the triune God lives and makes his home in you and you in him and him and you and you and him. And it's so, it's so mixed up. It's like trying to undo Kool-Aid. You ever tried to undo Kool-Aid? <laughs> you are the habitation of the divine presence of God. God omnipotent, sovereign God is inhabiting you right now. Not just Jesus in my heart. No. Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Father. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost all in you right now. Ooh. That's enough. So what's the hope of glory? We're going to wind this thing down. What is the hope of glory? Well, first off is you are full of the Trinity of God. Whew. Holy Spirit already said, I ain't leaving you. Not going nowhere. So what is the hope? The first hope I believe we take from, from this divine encounter with, Christ, with, with God is that we are righteous because of Christ. We are complete right standing with God. You know what righteous means? It means right standing. That means there is nothing between me and God. There's nothing getting in the way. There's nothing holding him back. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. He says, For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin. Now, you've got to understand what Jesus did on the cross. He did not take sin. King James Version says it the same way, in case you're thinking of some newfangled versions. It says, he became sin. 
Why? Because sin is hung on the cross and it's done. For the entire race of humanity. So what's the sad part? Is there so much of humanity that's facing hell with their sins forgiven. Their sins are already forgiven. And the only thing that's waiting on them is somebody to tell them there's a hope inside of you. If you'll just come, if you'll just accept it, if you'll just receive what God is doing in you. He said, for God made him who knew no sin to become sin so that we might become the what? Righteousness of God through Christ. Romans chapter five, verse 18. Romans chapter five, verse 18. We're gonna fly, here we go. Therefore, just as through the trespass of one man, condemnation came for all men. In other words, Adam did it and we all paid the price. So through the righteous act of God, of one, sorry, came justification for all men. Verse 19. For just as through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners... So by the obedience of the one, many are made righteous. How many? All many. And all you have to do today is say, yes, it's mine. I'll take it. It's mine. That's as, that's as hard as it hits, as hard as he made it. So not only were we righteous through Christ, that's a hope, but we have victory over the enemy and over sin. Sin doesn't even have a hold on you anymore unless you give it a hold. Zombie nature, picking up that which is already dead. Romans chapter 6, verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Well, I can't help but sin. According to this, you can. <laughs> you don't have to. What did he tell the woman we looked at last week when she was caught in the act of adultery? Just go and quit. Go and sin no more. Just quit doing that mess. Sin does not have to be. Some of y'all that's struggling in some things, you need to declare over yourself every day. This does not have a hold on me. This does not have a hold on me. I am filled with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit of God. This does not have a hold on me. I am free. I am free. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. I'm not an addict. I'm not a whatever you want to call me. I am a child of God. This is the hope of glory. You need to talk to yourself. You need to confess to yourself. You need to declare over yourself. Every day you need to open your mouth. For you were not under the law, but under grace. Verse uh, 17. But thanks be to God, for you were slaves of sin. What's were? Past. You were slaves. Yeah, but I just keep doing this. Then stop. <laughs> He's already taken care of it. Well, it's harder to stop than you think. I've, I figure. I understand. We all have those things. He said, you were slaves to sin, but you, see, you see, notice how quiet it gets now. Because these get uncomfortable when we find out we're responsible for our own actions. That we can't just blame it on the devil. Who was it? 
Flip Wilson, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. <laughs> he said, but thanks be to God, you were slaves to sin, but you have no, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of teaching in which you were entrusted. Look at verse 18. And having been freed from sin. Right there, guys. Well, I just can't get over this. You can. You need to start telling yourself who you are. Hope of glory is in you. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit resides in you. Why don't release that on your, over your own body? Release that over your own mind. I'm telling you, because if, if Satan would have known what, God was, what Jesus was going to release in you, he would have never killed him. Hmm. He said, but you have been freed from sin because you have become slaves to righteousness. Romans 8.10. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to give these to you and try to go. And if Christ is in you, well, we know he is. He's already showed us that. And if Christ is in you, Though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is alive because of righteousness. So the body, the flesh, may be dead because it tries to continue to sin, but your spirit is made alive because of righteousness. And what happens, you've got to let your spirit drive your flesh rather than the other way around. Oh, come on, somebody. You've got to let what's in you drive the car rather than what feels good on the outside drive the car. Jump down to verse 37. You're free from sin, but you're free from the enemy too. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded, maybe this is our problem, we're not persuaded. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor either angels, nor principalities, nor powers, neither things present nor things to come. Maybe I'm just not persuaded about these things. Maybe I still believe these things have a power over me. Maybe I still believe this habit, this addiction, this thing I keep falling back into still has power over me. Maybe you're not persuaded yet. I'm here to tell you there's hope. Because Christ in you is this hope of glory. He says, things present or things to come, neither height nor depth nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What more are you waiting for? If the devil don't have a hold on you, If you don't even belong to yourself anymore and you are the habitation of the Father because you know that whole thing Jesus and me and him and you and you know and Holy Spirit's in you and Jesus is in you what more is there to be persuaded about? This is the hope of glory that in your life you can have complete victory in Jesus my goodness folks there is no greater hope 
than complete victory. What a hope. Amen? Let's pray. I'm telling you, somebody, let's just hang tight here a second. This is not to embarrass anyone, okay? Um, hope of glory. I just really feel led right now. If you're in here, and I, I'm not going to, you all know me, I don't waste a lot of time. I don't do this often unless Holy Spirit definitely directs me. But if you're in here today and you're struggling with some type of addiction and you don't know, or you're struggling with some type of sickness and you don't know if you can ever be better, if you can ever get better, or if you can really get over it, you're you're persuaded of the wrong thing. And I just feel really led right now. If you got a sickness, you're not sure. I just, now this is not to point you out. Don't be embarrassed. Because we all got issues that we have to deal with. I want to pray over some people. Matt, if you can turn some soft music on. And if you're in here today and you got a sickness that you think, I don't know if I can get better. Or you're, you're struggling with a disease that you're not persuaded you'll ever shake. I want to pray with you. So, Carol, come on. I'm going to turn my mic off. Uh, Reese, turn the uh, house down.